it's good. Nice. Yeah, it's really good. Shawshank doesn't make bad movies. No, and Josh Brolin is fucking in fantastic too. in it. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, you sold me. What's up, Jared? Not much, man. All right. You. <laughs> <laughs> How you feeling? Uh, How I'm you feeling, living? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I had a good three day weekend, man. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Three Mondays off in a row. Three Mondays off in a row, right? Snow, you and me. Snow, President's Day. How'd you Damn. do it? Did you get did you get two Mondays off in a row, Chuck? I basically worked one week out of the last say, three. School was canceled. <laughs> it's been yeah. crazy. Shit. Are you gonna have to stay later? Yes. We don't know. There'll probably be something where maybe the spring break will get shortened a little bit or weird days throughout the year will get taken away, but who makes that decision in the school system? Um I mean, like the state says, you have to teach 180 days. So, but you can do Is that firm. Uh, basically, yeah. Like, I mean, it's like it's like the law. Yeah. So, and then you can send a petition and say, like, due to unforeseen circumstances, we would like to say we'll only make up these many days. Yeah. So I've been fine. I've been skiing a bunch on those snow days. So it works. Which is the funny thing, right? Like. We cancel school because it's too dangerous to drive, and I drive all the way at the Snoqualmie yeah, Pass and ski. Yeah, yeah. You're a sweet it. Subaru, dude. You're crushing it. <laughs> Subaru is, still remains one of the best vehicles ever in the snow. I know. The car's pretty great. Oh, like, I know. Go. Yeah. They go. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you talking to, Chris? Chuck. What's up, Chuck? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Welcome to the next episode. Now, obviously, Chuck's been on the episode. This is your second time. Maybe mm-hmm. eight years ago. A long time ago, yeah. Fuck. Kim and I came on. Probably eight. Yeah, we're going. We're hitting our tenth year here. If you believe that shit, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So we finally, up for our tenth year, decided to actually talk about something like music, <laughs> <laughs> like have a focused conversation. Let's try it on. I don't know. I'm still. Yeah, I'm still seeing how it sits. It's just beta testing still at this at this stage, but we're still talking about awesome second albums. Yeah, and Chuck. You came through with this. This is nice. This is what me and Chris have been talking about because I like the Pixies, but I'm like a best of album Pixies yep. guy. And that's why I was happy when I pulled this up because like most of the best of on, <laughs> are on this album. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it was uh, it was nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of a best of two. But then like when I was looking around like for second album, I was like, oh, I know this is. I was like, you don't hear the first one that often. Like, I had a hard time finding it for a while, like, online. Surfer Rosa. Yeah. being the first. Yeah. It's got, like, a bunch of good songs on it. Are you sure? But I, you sure Surf, Surfer Rosa is the first? I mm-hmm. believe so. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, I don't know about you know, that. Doolittle, I listened to. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I listened to Doolittle a bunch. And I listened to the older ones, too. And I was like, man, like, it's a pretty good, yeah, they, widely distributed second album. Yeah. There's no shitty songs, I'll tell you that. There's a lot of weird There's songs. some weird shit, but there's yeah, nothing yeah. like, oh, come on. And we've had, and we've <laughs> talked about nothing but great albums this whole time, and there's always like one or two tracks. Like, all right, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we get it. But the Pixies, do a little. That's what we're talking about today. That is what we're talking about. Let me, let me give you some, let me give you some pertinent information yeah, right quick about Drop this. a little science. <laughs> Released April 17th. 1989, the number. Another summer. God damn. Sound of the fucking drummer. <laughs> that was so set up for Chris, and he didn't, he didn't fill in. Uh, yeah. He does the flave part. Sometimes he only does flave. Yeah, you got to know where to sit back. <laughs> uh, he, here's a thought for a very, very condensed season. Best 
Uh, what do you call Flavor Flav? Hype Man. That's Hype Man. That's oh, Hype. Yeah. That's an episode right there. Yeah. And then can can you go any farther than him? He is sort of like he is the the standard. He's yeah. the gold standard yeah. of Hype Man. And I don't think he's been outdone yet. I mean, you never. Yeah. You can, what, are you going to go more Maybe over Andy the Richter? top? <laughs> Andy Richter's number two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Paul, well, if we're going to go Andy Richter, then we'll go uh, maybe Paul Bearer for The Undertaker. He was like fucking sidekicks. Yeah, are we getting into sidekicks? Hype man is tough. Yeah. In hip hop, I know for sure he's the top of the Yeah. Year. Yeah. There's none, none higher. I mean, there was a, when I saw Arrested Development, instead of watching Tool at Lollapalooza, there was an old man sitting in a rocking chair. On stage. He's, he seemed their like a spiritual uh, advisor. Yeah, he seemed like a, probably a pretty good hype man. Not much on the mic. That's good. You don't want, you know. Eh, behind the scenes. Blabber mouth. You just hype it up. A lot of people don't talk about how Flavor Flav would call up Chuck D every now and then. Just tell him that he was doing all right. <laughs> or see if he wants to go to a movie. Yeah. It, was making those- it, it wasn't just on tape, man. Yeah. I was hyping everything. That's right. Yo, I love this hamburger. <laughs> just that was, I was disappointed. This album is really short. It's like 38 minutes. This, been yeah, this one they had little- some like hip hop style skits in it. Well, you know, it's like a long intro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something I appreciated with this album um, is that it, it just goes one to the next to the there next. Short, right? song, yeah, it's a short, short song. album, but there's like 15 songs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate getting to the point and getting the fuck out. Yeah. Try to practice that. But, uh, oh, the producer, Gil Norton. We haven't seen him yet. He's a new appearance so far, but he's also produced some pretty great second albums. Oh. No, Foo shit. Fighters, Color in the Shape. Okay. okay. Assistant engineer by friend of the podcast, Don Farwell. He was at those sessions. He's got nasty stories he could probably never tell on this podcast. But About the Foo Fighters? About Taylor Hawkins? In general, just being <laughs> being an assistant engineer for so long, he's got good stories. Uh, oh, he did Catherine Wheel's second album, which is one of my favorite of their albums. Nice. Chrome. Yep. See, now, Catherine Wheel is a band that I really think I should probably have listened to at some point. They're still there. And you I get to did it. in college. I know right. you did. Yeah. You just didn't pay attention. You were super yeah, yeah, high, yeah. and Black yeah. Metallic came on, and you are like, I like this song. Well, as far as where were you when, for Doolittle, I was in college. No, you weren't. Not when it came out. Oh. When I started, when it came onto my radar. He's got actually it, a Doogie Howser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that? I did tell him it. Uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. story. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was in college. I'm second year. Yep. Obviously living with Jude. Abraham. Don't fucking throw that. At Abraham me. Lincoln. Um, <laughs> Abe took a spill. The good thing it's printed on a He's not standing type. for your bullshit right now. He's like, you weren't in college, motherfucker. <laughs> so, you know, Jude, Jeff, um, those are the two people that brought it. Mostly Jude, as far as an influence. I can see into that. Into the household. I remember Matt from Oregon living with him sophomore year of college, he played it, and I just didn't get it. Yeah. Like, there were some, like, rockin' songs, but I was like, it just was so weird and different than I was used to. Like, yeah. I was, I was way into metal at the time. It was ahead of its time. time, for sure. Yeah. It was, it was, it wouldn't make sense till later, which is when I got it, too, so yeah. It, yeah. it made sense when we heard it. I mean, to this day, I still have Chuck's Cinderella Push Push album <laughs> on tape. That also ahead of its time. Right. Is that a second album? That won't be appreciated for years to come. They'll finally appreciate when they're dead. No, but same though. 
I mean, I'm listening to Jane's Addiction pretty good at this point. Also weird, but in a different way. Way so. more easily digestible. Yeah. This um, album came out roughly about the same time as Nothing Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this album feels like, when I listen to these people playing, um, to kind of reminisce a little bit about college, too, a really, like, the best college band is is kind of how it feels like. Um, there's some artistic throws at it. Um, mm-hmm. um, not so much breaking from song structure, but what would technically sound good. Um, yeah, and also they because of that, and because it's so deliberate, it feels like people that I would think are cool who would never think I'm cool. That's like my feeling when I listen to the Pixies. Huh. My, well, well, those guys, people who I think are cool, right? But they would, would never think would you're never cool. think I'm cool. Yeah, like you know, a, a different circle, uh, and, and yeah, you yeah. kind of peever in every Outside now and looking then. Looking in on the coolness, they got all their. Inside, not necessarily jokes, but snarks. Yeah. They feel a little snarky. Yeah, he his lyrics are are kind of snarky, and and it, when they're not being like biblically epic and yeah. murderous and uh, Book of Kings about it. But uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm not sure if I got that yet. He got. He's got he, he, yeah, yeah he, we, we can get into that. I, I know some stories behind some this. Shit. Awesome, some, some nasty shit. So, so it, you mentioned that uh, not like. You didn't say technically proficient, but you said something about, like, they're not, like, trying to be... They're sticking to song structure for yep. the most part, but they're not trying to be necessarily pleasing. Um, um, but I find... It, we're we're going to come come to this as we're listening to it, One of the too. greatest pop songs of all time is on this album. Well, that's the thing, Ooh. is they know it. And, and they almost, for, like, the middle of the album, they just alternate. They go from something that is... They're just throwing it out there... To something that is so fucking catchy yeah. that it'll stick in your brain for a lifetime. Well, so so I had two thoughts. One was like, you know, because you guys are both musicians. Like, I feel like when I was listening to things, I was like, there's singing that's off key. There's like weird guitar sounds that sound wrong. Do you guys pick up on that too? Or is it like, it's just, just trying yeah, to be it's, arty. It's, yes. Yeah, I mean... That is part of. Sorry, well, I'm way far away from the mic. That's part of the the cool factor, right? Yes, like that's yeah. that Velvet Underground. We didn't really have time to tune our guitars because we were busy shooting up right before okay. this. Uh, but fuck you, we're we're the Velvet. Yeah, Underground. but I don't feel the laziness of drug-addled recording sessions. No, in this. no. Um, but no, but it's, it's 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 emulating something they they were trying to be cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a proficient player playing sloppily. Oh yeah, um, those guys on purpose, and you're kind of like, or whether it's on purpose or they just weren't super precious with the takes, because yeah. sometimes maybe that take was the fire take, but you you got a, your, your pinky got janky on that court. Eh, yeah, fuck it. yeah. Well, you that shit was fire. That's, fuck it. That's the other thing. You don't. You don't. I don't hear clams that sound like mistakes, though. Um, I hear approach that they get atonal on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Cowboy cordish. That's a thing. Uh, what's the guys from New York with the other quicksand? No, with the other girl bass player, Sonic Youth, named Kim. Kim. Yes, thank you. Yeah, nice. I thought a lot about Sonic Youth when I was listening to these albums. Yeah, then that's about the same time period too, <coughs> yep. right? Yeah, but like they're, I think, purposely trying to be noisy and atonal, like where I think the Pixies are trying to trying to write pop songs, right? And have you like 
sing along to some really weird shit. And until you're saying the things like out loud, you're like, what the fuck am I saying right now? Who's the underwater guy? Who's the underwater guy? <laughs> or slicing up eyeballs. You're, yeah. like, you're just like, you're sing along with that. And you're like, what did I just sing? Like I told Kim that. And she was like, he says that. I'm like, you have sung slicing up eyeballs hundreds of times and you just don't know it. Shit. Should we start this album this? off, man? Yeah. yeah. Talked it up enough. We're coming right out the gates with Debaser. So far, pretty standard ladies. So oh, a little tambourine in there, too. Got me a movie. I want you to know. Slicing up my eyeballs. I want you to know. Get me some I want you to know. Don't know about you, but I Andalusia. Andalusia. Does anyone know what that means? It's, I a, do not. it's a Salvador Dali okay. surrealist film. Okay. So like from that like late sixties French go. new wave. Cool we got right there, man. We gotta, have, we gotta guess every time, Chris. <laughs> like, no, we're too dumb to do this on our own. That's amazing. Okay, I so say that go. almost every morning. Okay. <laughs> Cut out before the quote. That's the chorus. She screams debaser. Yeah. But I also love the little backing vocals that are like debaser. shifted out of time. Just, yeah, debaser. But yeah. I normally should be singing with you. <laughs> right. But I'm going to delay it and make it seem awkward. There is, they're like the uh, late 80s indie rock Mick and Keith, right? Like they hate each other, but like they're so great together. Yes. Well, okay. What is their relationship? Because that's something I'm not. They're married, but they claim to be brother and sister. <laughs> Yep. Oh, I was well, about to say it. But. Jude never told me that part. <laughs> They're just, I think, they can't stand each other, but do they know that they do their best work together? So, so I've got like two little stories about this. So uh, I watched a movie not too long ago where they did their reunion tour. Like they've been playing together for a while now. 2004 or something they reunited and went on tour and they've been putting out albums that which have not been as great as the 80s stuff but right it was like a tour documentary of them going around playing all these shows making lots of money sold out shows and it was four complete strangers playing on that stage every night yeah they would like sit around and kim deal would be like hey what do you think about blah 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 and everyone would just be like looking at their feet Oh, and like shit. not knowing what to say, and I was like, "Holy shit!" She was like newly sober, just slugging yeah. O'Doul's behind stage. <laughs> she was, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, they they did not have a lot of like chemistry as terms of like getting to knowing each other. That's not a group um, of friends. But then the other one is that well, okay. had had they come together then? So, so they were like either high school or college friends right. somewhere Amherst, Massachusetts, um, and they the story is they put out a request for a bassist who liked Peter, Paul, and Mary and Husker Du. And then I also believe, I don't know where I heard this, but it said, uh, we want a bassist with no chops. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but she's good. Like, oh, yeah. And and uh, old Gil Norton got that bass on a good on this album. Yeah, it she's just got... thumps. It really is like the Nirvana uh, template. Yeah. Like to the T. Yeah, just like fun melodic bass lines. Like, yeah, that thump, though. Yeah. Got the icky thump. It's a great bass tone. As all the instruments have a really cool um, tone on this album. 
the the bass is super tight, but it's not compressed, and neither is the snare drum. Snare drum has this air to it, and um, it's still and the it, '80s. It's that '80s air on that snare. Yeah, yeah. It, it I don't know. It, I mean, you hear all four instruments. Yep. Right? Is it four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> um, it's not muddy. It's got uh, enough room. Uh, enough room in it. Uh, when one drops out, uh, they're not covering with like thickening the guitar yeah. part. You know, yep. they're just letting that guitar part hang, kind of like fucking Radiohead starts doing. But on a Radiohead's well more produced. But I think there's some similarities between this oh, kind of yeah. janky yeah. angst Those and guys, then super melodic shit. They yeah. they definitely claim that they were listening to the Pixies. Yeah, everybody was listening to the Pixies. Yeah, and that, that's always the sad story. Like by the time. It's really time to start cashing checks. You all hate each other and break up. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, well, it was interesting when you when you were saying like how the way the instruments drop out. I was thinking about how they record these things because apparently, I don't even know what his name is. Frank Black or Black, Black Francis, Francis right. or his, his real name is like Christopher Thompson or something like that. Uh, like apparently he wrote all these songs, and I was like, but. It seems like it's sort of four different people playing. Like he's like, mm-hmm. I want the acoustic guitar, rhythm guitar to do this. And I'm going to sing. You do something weird on guitar. Come up with a cool drum beat, and the drum beats are kind of bonkers on this album. Yeah. yeah. And then Kim Deal gets to do like whatever backing vocals she wants and a melodic bass line. Like, That's I can't called have... songwriting. I hate guys like that. They're like, I wrote this song, but they all came up with their shit. You know, with their parts. But do you yeah. think that never... he had it all planned out in his head? No. Or... No, he couldn't. Okay. No, he's a prick. <laughs> I don't know if Kim's super but, easy to get along it, with either, but they might it does deserve seem each other. Like a bunch of the songs are just his lyrics and his guitar, and there's sure. stuff added on. And that's how publishing yeah, works: yeah, is like part. lyrics and yeah. melody, and that is the song, like by yeah. legal right, terms. right, right. But if and obviously if you, they're not a band of friends, but if you're with your yeah friends, guys that you really know that they contributed to that song. You can you can just split it up like. Well, so I I heard a interview with somebody like it was in James Brown's band like maybe Clyde Stubblefield. <laughs> well, that was a well paid band. Well, that's, that's the thing is like these guys are all out touring right now and making bunches of money. And they're like, yeah, I got nothing because songwriters James Brown yep. he gets all the money from the songs even though like he had five kick ass musicians in the studio with them. Yeah. 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 Like contributing just as much as James Brown is doing, yeah, it's but shit. they're not getting that stuff. So yeah, so Charles Tom Charles Thompson, he's getting all this like songwriting credit, but it's a big group effort. Yeah, so that's why you just gotta split it up Van Halen style. Yeah, you just gotta go four ways, even if there's six people. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we didn't want to go over the uh, the what was the uh, split for uh, Jane's Addiction? Jane's Addiction was sixty two like- and a half for. <laughs> For Perry. For Perry. Oh, wow. And everyone else got 12.5%. That is nuts. You think he's making 62% of that music? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Another prick. <laughs> but that's that song's debaser. That's coming out hot right there. That's, that's kind of yeah. like a way to open up the album. Yeah, I'm in. She's got that sing-along chorus. Mm-hmm. With Kim's... Whispering. So weird. Must have on good shame. <laughs> you're, you're, you're nodding along to this, right? It's like this is just a normal 
bouncy little 80s pop song. Selig made a career out of this right here. When you're shaking your good frame. Good on him. Fall on your face on those bad shoes. <laughs> what voice is he putting on for this? It's I crazy. don't know. Could you imagine seeing this live? Oh, man. I, not, like strobe in the back lights, in the day? Dude. Yeah. Strobe yeah. lights. Oh, definitely. Gotta have strobe lights uh, so, going off then. So uh, there's a video, you can see it online, but uh, there's a video from them in like 89 playing some of this stuff, and it's not strobe lights, it's just them on stage, and Frank Black has like a crazy dead-eyed stare. So he just <laughs> yeah. sing, he sings those lines just like normal, he's just looking at the crowd, or sort of staring past the crowd and just singing the stuff, and then all of a sudden starts yelling like that, it's like... I think that'd be a little bit terrifying. <laughs> I think that's by yeah. design, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I would, I'd be moshing. Wow. That's just two minutes of joy. Yeah. I can dig that. What was that one? L- tame. I almost called it lame. You said that, Chris. Oh. oh, we'll wait till the mid-album break. I'll give you the top ten of that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's going on at that time? Yeah, contextualize that. Good. This one, I, I knew this song pretty well coming into this wave of mutilation because it's on their best album, I believe. Yep. Yeah, so you're coming <laughs> off of that just ag- aggressive assault. Yeah. And then... Uh, so, it's actually yeah. like... I like that adjective, like aggressive, like oh. aggressive pop music or something. Yeah. Like it is, yeah. W- which wouldn't, God, just two years later. It was just right. two years later. Yeah, that's all it took. Damn, wave of mutilation coming at you. about Japanese businessmen doing murder suicides? Yes. Is that true? I, I read that today as well. <laughs> what? That's what I'm saying. It's just I mean that would be a go-go song. Yeah, yeah. That's uh Yeah, sing along to this. Yeah. yeah. No, you're in a convertible at this point. He's kissed mermaids <laughs> and he's rode the El Nino. Yeah. Dude, shit. <laughs> Driving down Highway 101. Yeah. And then what? just drive that car into the ocean with your family <laughs> in the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's that's some real shit. That's a fucking video right there. Uh-huh. Caught a wave of mutilation, man. Ay ay ay. I think yeah, that's what that song's about. And so the vocals are just really pleasant to listen to. Yeah. Even song. when he's singing. Yeah, and he's still got that open snare drum sound. Bass is clear as fuck, just round as hell with a nice attack to it. And a little bit of screechy guitar over top, but you're already calibrated from the yelling that just happened yeah. in the last one. So now that now you're you're like, okay, I think I see where this album's going. Right. This is the third song. I've got a tasting a pattern. Yeah, you go. There you go there, Sherlock. <laughs> I'm going to let it roll, because now, now it's vampires? We're going to sing about vampires. It's called I Bleed. Once again, if that's no chops, I want no chops like that. Well, you always, that's the thing. You say any band can say, we want a drummer that's like real fucking... You know, sloppy or whatever. As soon as it comes to recording, it's like, you got to fucking play on time, dude. <laughs> Tighten it up, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't have a, a popular band with a shitty drummer. Can't do it. I think Kim's the, like the MVP of this album, though. Yeah. And that's part of the sound. I think that's why when she's gone, he has to replace her with another woman. Yep. To sing. It's going to sure. sing just about the bass. Something Van Halen never figured out, by the way, okay? Let me tell you, Wolfgang cannot sing backups like Michael Anthony. He should have had a daughter. That's it. Eddie tells his son every now and then, you should have been a girl! And it's also not about just having, like, someone to sing the higher vocals, because there's a song later on the album where he does the falsetto, and she sings in a lower register. It's like, you need more than just the high-low. Just a guy, an aggressive, mean guy... And like a bubbly woman on stage. And they also flip flop later in this album, uh, where in the first song, she's doing that just a little bit in the background. Yep. Towards the end, he's doing the same thing. And so she's cool. taking the lead. One of the, one of the all time great teams. I yeah. Think. It's too bad they don't get along, but maybe that's why we have such great music. I'm willing to I'm, sacrifice I'm, their relationship for something yeah. cool to listen to while I'm fucking at work. How many friends do you need, really? Yeah, don't be greedy. Let me listen to this record. But that's... I like that guitar shit right there. Yeah, and here's where it goes like, all right, we got some toms. That fucking... Great, clean, airy tom sound that starts popping every other song. And so they're real melodic songs. Um, like the last one, pretty straightforward track kit playing. Um... And then when they get a little bit janky, that angsty janky, that's when the toms start coming out. It holds it. I agree. Well, you, you were probably going to say I'll that, allow right? it. <laughs> <laughs> I bleed. Now, this is the one I'm t- This next song, I think, is one of the, like, low-key, one of the great pop songs of all time. Ooh, which one's this? Here Comes Your Man. It that- totally doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the album. True. There's like there's like nothing nasty about it. It's, yeah. it's just like this really sweet bubblegummy, uh huh, but just awesome pop song. Yeah. Like, it, it, so what's he talking about? Where's where's the catch? He's waiting in a boxcar, and you're, I don't know. He's is it about drugs? It's always when you're waiting for a man. It's about drugs, right? I don't know. He he's very abstract sometimes. I was gonna say like 
you know, when you're going to go do the, the top ten of this time, it's like, <laughs> yeah. like there's nothing straightforward. There's no, like, well, boy meets girl yeah. when you fall in love or I want to go out and do something kind of song. It's just like, no, his song's like just filled with all sorts of layers. And I guess it just sounds sweet because he's not talking about anybody getting mutilated or slicing eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's like, because <laughs> the lyrics of the song, I, I know maybe like a third of them. Yeah. But maybe he's talking some ill shit in there. I don't know. But it's a good enough time as any to take a look at that top ten because I think <laughs> this being a great pop song. Yeah. Let's see, how would it, let's yeah. see what yeah. else before. What was it competing? Okay. With? Before we roll this. Yeah. Oh, before. Oh, no, no. I was. I was. I was you had an out. addendum to I my thought addendum. I was helping. <laughs> Have you guys done this before? No. no. <laughs> you had to come on the first night. It's so embarrassing. Number ten. This is the top ten albums of the week of April. 17th, 1989. Just put you right back there. Number 10, Hanging Tough by the New Kids on the Block. Nice. Is that their first album? Yeah, I believe it is. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Right behind them at number 9. This is a solid top 10. Sometimes we do top 10s. We're like, who the fuck was that guy? I don't know. What? Number 9, Forever Your Girl. Who's that? uh, That's, uh, wow. See, I didn't write it down because I knew I'd remember it. (laughs) It's Paula Abdul. Oh. oh, MC Scat Cat. Oh, shit. sure, yeah. Yeah, she's on that. Oh, that TV might have been show, on, that the might, voice or something. Might not have been MC Scat Cat on that record, but that was her first album. That was yeah. That's with straight the, up. Now tell me, Hearted Snake. Yeah, that's dude. Darcy used to rock that album. She was way into it. Can Can you rock that album? I think most forty year old women at at some point in their life did rock that album. Yeah, there's some jams on there. Yeah, I mean straight up. We all know it. Yeah. yeah. It's got a groove. The number eight was my top album of 1989, Appetite for Destruction. That was my record, man, because my lawn mowing Fuck You Dad album. As I right say. when it came out? That was 89? Well, no. I think it was still hanging out on the charts. I think it came out in like late 87. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. And it oh, just wow. hung out. Okay. Yeah, I feel like they like... They released Lies was out by this point. Yeah, I feel like they released like... Um... Welcome to the Jungle was their first single, and that was kind of a raw single. Yeah. And then, like, Sweet Child of Mine, I was like, ooh, who are these fun yeah. guys? I'm like, oh, take me to that Paradise City. Like, yeah. these good old uh, boys. Like, what are they into? And they're like, oh, they're into heroin and whores. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, I got myself in a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> but that took two years, which is just like probably how heroin and whores did. <laughs> they were going through the that same took, experience. Yeah, it's about the time frame. <laughs> This, this is diverse. You get, yeah, hanging tough wherever your girl appetite for destroy. The traveling Wilburys at number seven. Nice, no their shit, first dude. album. I remember the video of them all sitting around playing together. And we're like those old guys. I think they were our age. Did you <laughs> really? I don't know. Jesus, I think right? it's close. Not Orbison. Maybe well, not Orbison. Not Orbison or Dylan. Okay, yeah, so yeah. two things. Number one, Roy Orbison's going to come up again in this podcast. <laughs> okay. Number two, okay. did you know the pedigree of that band at that time? About knew, half of it. I knew Dylan, and I knew the Beatle, uh, Pe- George. I knew, Petty. George. I knew George Orson. And George, I knew Petty. George, George Orson. Well, George Orson. Well, was Jeff Lynn. I didn't know who Jeff Lynn <laughs> no was idea. at the time. No idea. Yeah. yeah. Roy Orbison, yeah. Jeff, Jeff was like, he was the guy with the weird hair that yeah. Yeah. makes every album sound the same when he works on it. What? Anyway. <laughs> Dude, Go listen to Full Moon Fever. Begging on listen Jeff Lynn. Fever. <laughs> It just I I could tell you in two um, seconds those all those albums awesome. he made in that five years. Well, apparently, on one of those podcasts, he was talking about Jeff Lynne 
you record every single drum individually. I know. Okay. It's so tedious. I think I would go insane. Oh, my. I would that's, kill myself. That's but those ELO records sound tight. As, they're airtight, oh, Snake man. in the grass, yeah. man? They are Good airtight. He's, he's a talented, but I, that's a level of... Yeah. It's like Kanye shit. I can't... I couldn't hang out yeah, in that yeah. studio session either. That's not fun. That's you not make a fun these studio records and I'll enjoy them. I'll be He's like, I'll here. tell you when the music happens. <laughs> ah, okay. Number go. six, The Raw and the Cooked by the Fine Young Cannibals. Oh. Wow. We're all over the fucking map right here. But that's all that I... drives me crazy. <laughs> fucking love that song. Like no one else. That's good. So Dude, this is so seventh grade that, that, You know what? That video was all right, and I couldn't stand that song, but it, it wouldn't leave my head. Yeah. You know? Great. It's a one. good pop song. Yeah. Roy Orbison is back at number five, his own album, Mystery Girl. Ooh. Remember the anything you want. Yeah. That's, you that, that's, the, that's the album. <laughs> Bobby Brown, Don't Be Cruel at number four. Nice. Back when he was still so strong. Number three. Oh, strong. Number three, Like a Prayer, Madonna. Oh. Wow. <sighs> What's her second album? That might be it. No, right? It's because uh, it, well, the, whatever the one with Lucky Star and all that is the first one. That's like, is that the first L- one? like a virgin, borderline and shit. Border, like a, yeah, 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 dude. No, like a virgin, I think is the name of the album, right? I think. I, don't so. think, I think it's her. I think that's her second one. Oh shit! I think the one with Bor- I think it might have been called Borderline. That has a bunch of the early stuff, and then Like a Virgin is the second one. Huh. We we got to investigate Madonna's second album. That's what's his name. Oh, She's a that's fucking Miles Ro- force, That's Miles Rogers. Oh, really? Uh, like a Virgin, that album. Oh. He, yeah, he's a busy man. Well, Like a Prayer is a fucking jam, dude. That's <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Prince, by the way. Did he write that shit? I don't know if he... I feel like he did. He also plays uncredited <laughs> guitar on it. I also feel like if he was alive during any music, he should get kind of credit for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, hey, well, Prince had something to do with it. And why, why was he there? No, he was breathing. Just from yeah. everything I've heard about both of those people, him and Madonna, I'm sure some shenanigans went down and he was left holding a fitted sheet. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's... Me and Chris have a thing that when you wake up in the morning after a one-night stand with Madonna, she's, she's kind of, you know, she's a diva. She'll take all the blankets with her when she goes to the bathroom. Oh my god! And you're left trying to curl up in the fitted sheet. In the fitted sheet. <laughs> Luckily, Prince is small. He wrapped around like three times. Yeah, he was. A, he dude. He he bloused it. <laughs> he used those fucking he left each other's scrunchy clothes. corners around his yeah. arms and shit. He, Prince came out looking good. He it's was tough ma- to make him look bad. He left the material girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number two. Left her a song oh, just shit. for the shits and giggles. I didn't write down the artist on this one because I was sure I'd remember it too. But Electric Youth. Now it's a trivia question. It was the uh, oh, fuck. Why did I write that down? People listen to this like you fucking idiot. It's blah yep. blah blah. The, the teeny bopper. It wasn't Tiffany, but it was the other Debbie one. Debbie Gibson. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Chuck coming through in the clutch. What's so nice one? So the, the, don't like fucking praise me for that. Like that lives <laughs> in my head. That's displacing other yeah. good knowledge. Yeah, you got a defrag. That's a what's that song uh, where they're rolling down the hill? I think we're alone. Oh now. yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. that's the doesn't that's mean the we're in a one or Del and the Shannons or Dip Del. a finger, a finger. I'll let you, okay. Wait, I'll let you touch me where it's brown. Right, oh, that's God. that song, right? No, you're thinking of the wow. that was the Weird Al version. Oh okay, I think I'm a clone now. <laughs> I'll show you my bone now. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> oh Jesus! Number one album this week. 
of Ooh, that week. Ooh, I think I know. Can I take a guess? Do it. Millie Vanilli. Fuck. Okay. Let's do it. It was Loked oh! After Dark. Loked After Dark. Strong. It yeah. was. I, I had... St- I have that on vinyl somewhere around here, actually, <laughs> and it's hammered to shit. Damn! But uh, there's your top ten. There's there's your context, dude. So, just so, just like Madonna, fucking Loke dabbled in movies too, for sure. So they make his film amazing. I, yeah, I yeah. want to go a little deeper into yeah. context. Okay. So you know these guys put out, come on, not come on, Pilgrim. I guess that was Surfer Rosa. 87, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Like, even college college rock was, like, before there was alternative rock, Oh, yeah. You're, like, REM, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're they're competing, like, in that weird alternative arena with, like, REM, maybe The Cure? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Echo who, and the Bunnymen, who uh, Gil Norton produced too. Were they still? Oh, they still fucking around in the. Did he do that ladies? Killing Time song? The Killing Moon. Yes. yes. That song is Which, awesome. Thank you for writing Iron Lung for Tom York for him, so he could put that on his <laughs> second album. <laughs> yeah. But like, even compared That's to those guys, Gil. like yes. the Pixies come off as real weird. Some new shit. Yeah, like they're like alternative to the college rock stuff, which is the alternative to mainstream rock. Yeah. Never want to be on the edge of the herd, right? You don't want to be the first guy through the gates. Or do you? Like we're talking about him right now. That I'm sure that old Black Francis can sleep well at night <laughs> on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he should sleep well at night because he wrote this song. It's been a hard. That's told people. That's a that's a mercy side. Even the even the drumming. For sure. Outside there's a box car waiting outside the family stew. Outside the family stew. Out the by the time. fire breathing. Outside we wait till face turns blue. I know the nervous walking. If the whole album was this, I know it would have done. I'm not as hard. Right. Out by the box it's good. car quits halfway through you never notice that he's just like oh fuck it eh. that solo's done yeah I love this song though it just makes me happy when I hear yeah, it it that, could be about you know a mass killing in Boston and I don't have no idea but it makes me feel good it's so sticky yeah slips right into your psyche and this Kim singing those backups again Pete was taking notes. With this one, the, the bass and guitar are really kind of in sync. They're not playing note for note, but mm-hmm. they're going they're going on the same track. Yeah, very simple. You know, to go with the boxcar fucking... Chugga, chugga, chugga. Chugga, chugga. Yeah. Um, it's like they if they all agreed, they would make really nice, but what you're saying, uh, music that 
when it's singular, it's beautiful. But if it was a whole album of that, you wouldn't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, it's the contrast of it all, I think, that helps it out. Yeah. But when you... Maybe this might even have been the first Pixie song I remember hearing. Sure. I, I'm almost sure I was Monkey Gone to Heaven was for me. Yeah, which is... I think mean, Was that the next one? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's coming up. They got to go jank oh. before that. <laughs> they got to jank it they up. dead in between. They're like, um, see, we can do that. Now check this out. Right. <laughs> Fucking... But it stood out. I obviously heard it. I wasn't listening to college radio so you I mean, heard what, this at the time no okay no i don't Couple think years so later yeah had to be like 89 up maybe i used to listen to nathan hales high school's uh c89 nice. in like 1989 i remember very distinctly i could pick up Sweet. c89 little, but they were playing like new order and depeche yeah, yeah. mode and that's why i think maybe it could have snuck in but i don't remember hearing them till later yeah yeah but you had the ear to pick up like oh this is a clever pop song it was di- it stood out from whatever i was listening to i was like yeah oh, this fucking it was kind of anachronistic because it sounded like an old british invasion yeah, pop yeah. tune yep which was only 20 years prior at that point yep <laughs> stupid you think did your parents listen to the beatles growing oh yeah up? yeah do you think you could play that song for them and they'd recognize like this is a good song oh the, yeah they would love that yeah 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 his mom like likes the old Beatles. Like I want to hold your hand. That's my mom too. Yeah, and dad's more like Sergeant Pepper and yeah. more Rubber Soul, Revolver. Yep. Yeah, Rubber Soul is a fucking killer album. Yep. Not their second album, unfortunately. Not That's kind of the bullshit thing. We we were talking about the Beatles' second album. It's like, isn't that one like still half covers? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Right. Them and the, the, <laughs> the Stones, I think, go four albums oh, yeah. before they get to. Less than half covers. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like Muddy Waters songs and shit. Yeah. I mean, they're all good. Like I'm sure Muddy Waters I, like getting the check. Yeah. I mean, I know all those songs because of the Stones. Like, yeah. But when you look at the first like Stones album that had like all Stones originals, it was in like 69 or 70. Yeah, it took him a minute, yeah. Yeah. Not Black Francis. He started writing his own shit immediately. <laughs> See, they're better than the Beatles, I think. <laughs> They're definitely better than Jesus. Definitely. More popular. I think fucking Mick Jagger looks at Black Francis and goes, that guy's pretty cool, but I don't think that guy thinks I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> you think Sir Mick's, uh, he, he's insecure like that? Sir Mick's a lot? Sir Mick. Oh, Sir Mick. Sir Mick's a lot ain't insecure. Let me no, tell you that Sir right Mick's now. A lot yeah. Sir Mick's last name the fuck out your mouth. <laughs> um, no, Sir Mick. Oh, definitely, he's insecure. Right, yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. I mean, he, you don't act like that certain... unless you're super insecure. I, Mick Jagger? You tell I read Keith's book. <laughs> <laughs> you get some inside tracks. Keith says he's mad insecure. Okay, <laughs> so he would know. I don't think he's not. Is dead. What's the name of the song? I'm a radio DJ now. Boom! Oh, we're gonna get janky. Is there? Oh, it's time to get janky. Guitars. I think this could be a cover song. Oh, really? Yeah. Some weird, like, 50s country guy. Ape raping catharsis. Uh, that's weird lyrics that come up in this book. <laughs> I saw it was a game like Stephen Fetman or something. Charles Thompson. Uh, okay, maybe it's a demo coming up then. You crazy, baby, that she built. I'm a chair. You're something, Kate, and you. 
David and Bathsheba. Yeah. I like this because I think I think the guys in Shutter to think we're taking notes too. Yeah. Because that's just some wild shit. I also just like the beginning, just like, like nothing's happening. <laughs> and then it gets into like a little, like, here. Nope, not yet. They only give you like a little bit of melody for just a tiny amount during the song. Yeah. Well, this, this is another one. It's like only two minutes and ten yeah. seconds, so you gotta really cram it in. Here we go. And now into the pop part of the song. Let's do it. It's still pop format. Oh, yeah. I mean, that came right when it should have. The crapper. Or invent the clapper. You gotta hit the crapper? You gotta it's a go song watch. about having trouble with milk? You gotta yeah. go wash your feet because you're impure. Is that what he's saying? That's what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, more biblical shit. There's a lot of biblical references. Mm-hmm. Really? Throughout, yeah. the, throughout this whole album or uh-huh. just that song? Throughout his whole body of work yeah he's he's like made claims about how he just likes the how violent things were in the bible and if you just like talk about them plainly it's like this is fucked up (laughs) yeah a lot of people get to mind that that goodness who was i think yeah lenny kravitz made a good 50 percent of his tunes was yeah just outside we're talking about maynard too yeah Maynard throws in a lot of good biblical references. Like Robert Plant drops Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how Black Francis feels about the Bible. That uh, Unfortunately, that doesn't stand the test of time. I think Bible references are probably never going to go out of style. Sure. But Lord of the Rings references? It's, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, like, even Greta Van Fleet hasn't tried that. <laughs> They're like, no, that's... Mm, <laughs> Do you like those guys? You no. like Greta Van Good. Thank you, Jared. No, I don't. Thank you. I mean, I don't actively hate on them like ah. a lot of people do, but I'm just like, forget it, man. I, this is this is for baby boomers who think this is great and like 12-year-olds who don't know any fucking better. Oh, boy. Is it a good entryway into Led Zeppelin, though? No, you know what's a good entryway into Led Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin 1, <laughs> Led Zeppelin 2. <laughs> Bump, set, and spike. Well done. Full hack. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. I mean, they're, but they're kids. I mean, they're I literally, they are children. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know any better either. So, like, maybe, like, you know, the Beatles and the Stones spent their first three or four albums trying to be Little Richard and yep. Howlin' Wolf. Maybe these guys can pull their head out, find their own style. Maybe they're, maybe they're going to be fucking awesome in 10 years. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't care now. I'm not, I'm not going to care. I'll that. check in later. Yeah. Uh, this is dude. I think I want to tell you, this is like the fifth one. Yeah. You're, you're on early in the, in the series. Well, first guess, obviously you did nothing shocking. We did nothing shocking. We did the bends. Yeah. We just did, uh, dirt. Yeah. There's, yeah, one, yeah. Be- there's one before what we do between nothing shocking and dirt. Bjork. Bjork's post. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so this is number five. Yeah. I think we got my... Are you here next week? Yeah. My brother wants to come in next week and do Origin of Symmetry. Nice. Is nice. That, I'm down uh, for Muse? that. Muse? Muse's second nice. album. Nice. And best album. I, I would say that's like second album, best album. Should have quit after that. <laughs> there's, uh, there's... It's a difference between what I'm finding with this album and the last couple that we covered. 
where Dirt had a real drug-heavy theme. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were able to read into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Bjork had that beginning of a relationship kind of theme. There's a theme. Uh, yeah. This one, I, I don't know. What's I don't know the what's going here? on what's, here. The theme here. Well, like like Chuck said, some of the biblical themes, I guess. Yeah. The world is a fucked up place. That seems to be the running theme. Yeah, but that seems to be where the music's coming from, and not just the theme for just this album. Like that, uh, that feels like a direction where Black yeah. Francis is coming from. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, kn- know. I don't know that. I mean, that, that's the concept album, right? Is like not all albums are about a thing, right? Sure. And this, the, yeah, this feels. This doesn't feel like they're trying to say, we want to say this thing. Right. This is, these are songs that we have now. Yeah. Check out these cool pop songs. This yeah. Is, yeah. These are the 15 that we have right now. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. Believe me. No, it's Crusher. <laughs> uh, this song is a Crusher. This is Monkey Gone to Heaven. Also on the best note. Yeah. It was a guy. They're just coming in there. First three there seconds, and we got all instruments and vocals. An underwater guy. An underwater guy. Who's the underwater guy? Poseidon. <laughs> right away. Got killed by 10 million pounds. The violin in there? The cello? New York yeah. and New Jersey. Simon, so Simon and Garfunkel are making that tone, like they're so beautifully matched, unison, and and you know, where does one start and the other one end? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> until after their like third album, and it, that's where and Garfunkel ended. <laughs> I think they hate each other now too. <laughs> um, the, it, these two voices almost don't go together. They're slightly out of sync. They're slightly one behind the other. Yep. Um, they're not trying to do those beautiful harmonies. But they end up being beautiful. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure what this song is about. Uh, environmental weirdness. Yeah, I thought Dumping it was about sludge in New Jersey and holes in the sky. Okay. I thought it was about the space program. <laughs> Beginning of the space program. Armchair uh, numerology he's doing here. Yeah. I remember at one point thinking like, wow, these guys are like sort of Christian rock and I was like, no. Slice and eyeballs is not in the Bible. One of the best screams in rock. Yeah, for sure. I uh, heard an interview with whatever his name is, Frank Black, where he said he was talking to somebody from James Brown's band or the Temptations or something like that, and they were like, he's like, that boy can holla. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I don't think he said that I was good. He just said I could holler. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, you can. <laughs> One of the best hollers going. Has he still got it? Have you seen him recent? I haven't seen her in a long time. Did I'm, they play Bumbershoot? Like they did. Years? I think I would saw yeah, that. That's the I only time I've ever seen and them. And Kim wasn't with them. Cor- 
I don't know, actually. The, I thought she was. I think they had the backup cam in. Really? Oh. Uh, they, she was with them for that tour. Oh, okay. Whether well, or not she left oh, before yeah, that yeah, show yeah. or not. That's okay, ringing maybe, a bell. Yeah. All I know is when I did see him, there, there was no cam. So it might Kim. not have been that tour, but yeah. whenever I saw him, it was was not the full lineup. But I also remember seeing them on at Bumbershoot and was like, eh. Right. But it's like, you know, like, I didn't see them in 1988. Right. Like, you're seeing them in 2005? Yeah, yeah. Like, this... things have happened a lot since then, and it wasn't quite so abrasive and punishing. Yeah, and this goes into that category, kind of like Jane's Addiction, too. Seeing them in the late 80s in a club probably mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, with, with that same gravity... You hear this music coming out of, uh, you know, off the streets while you're walking up to the venue. Yep. You're like, what the fuck's going on in there? Yeah. And I want to go see it. What do you think Mr. Greaves is about, John? I have no idea. Yeah, that's about half it, of these. This is a super amped up punk rock one, right? Uh, a little reggae we intro. Crackety Jones. Oh, crack it. Crack it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a weird one. More shit about Neptune. There's a lot of water references Hope on this album, too. Hope everything is alright. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's mentally unhinged. Mr. Brown rides to town in a coffin. <laughs> yeah, right? What's that floating in the water? Oh, Neptuna's only daughter. Neptuna. <laughs> Let's go hold down. Mr. Greaves is a clown who rides around town in a coffin. Yeah, I'd say this is my least favorite song on the album. Yeah. Uh, there's still something super appealing to it. I don't know, there's like little parts. I think with these guys, I keep listening to them over and over because every once in a while, I just be like, hey, what was that part? And I rewind, and I'm like, oh, that part was cool. But for right now, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, it's, it's, it has the bad fortune of having to follow a monkey's gone to heaven. Yeah. So what's going to really stand up to that? It's a good point. But you're right. Crackety Jones is up after that. And that that's, <laughs> the lyrics are pretty much Crackety Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to get right into that then. speak enough Spanish to understand this song. That's also a weird thing, like doing like half your lyrics in Spanish on a song. It's pretty strange. It's a very sublime thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) What's the band with the lead singer with the afro? Uh, The Fat Boys? We're we're getting into some bad territory here. (laughs) This is... uh, Noctu? No. (laughs) 
I saw Mock Dude yeah. here a long time ago. Uh, no, it used to be uh, at the drive-in. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Cedric Bixler. Cedric the Entertainer Bixler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm. I feel like he's a fan of the Pixies. Yeah, he can do that. Uh, I can uh, see that. He can uh, start spitting crackety 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 yeah. jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can get into some Latin rhythms, too. Yeah, and I feel like uh, this song uh, is almost like really a gateway good into those in Cuban heels, too. That's not easy. That needs to be recognized. This La La Love, this is the drummer sings this one. Oh, really? And that's about the extent of the lyrics of this, too. Is like, I love you. This Plus intro, he gets laid on the sick chicken bun yeah. is so funny. <laughs> yeah. What? This, chicken butt. This is the weirdest drum part, and it comes back several times through the song. Weird drum fills. I think this is the Roy Orbison cover I was talking about earlier. Okay. No, Charles Thompson. No, 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 but like, it just sounds like Roy Orbison. Oh, oh gotcha. Totally oh, sounds like guitar. whistling, yeah. too? Yeah. Is Charles Thompson, is that... Frank Black's real name, Charles Thompson. Thompson yeah, front <laughs> I mean, I think he's just trying to get a record deal. It's like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not Frank Black anymore. I'm Black Francis. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, like Prince. Oh. I'm a symbol now. <laughs> I mean, maybe filler is too strong a word, but <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's still sticky as fucking all get out. True. You gotta, you gotta hang out for the drum breakdown. It's so strange compared to the song. And what do we gotta put it in two minutes to get to the full song? Yeah, exactly. Boys in bikinis, girls with surfboards. <laughs> <laughs> How they never sue Sugar Cubes for being the Icelandic B-52s. <laughs> God damn, that's a good call. International law is actually tough to get into. That's a, that's a real yeah. sticky case you don't want to open up. I guess so. Pretty lady. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to need you to put a little more effort into that. No. No. <laughs> it fits. Oh, uh, it doesn't mean maybe. I don't mean maybe. That's one I, I hate that. That's one of my least favorite rhymes. Baby and maybe. Yeah. Or I don't mean maybe. That's yeah. always the... <laughs> this is what happens when you let the drummer sing. The but you also sing. get Octopus's Garden. And you also get Beth. Oof. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Dude, Beth is a jam. Oh, okay. <laughs> you also get Hotel California. Okay, okay. Okay, buddy. Okay. Okay, there. Okay, you're going to leave Phil Collins and him out of it. You get Studio. <laughs> you fucking prick, yeah. You know what I don't hear enough? Studio comes around. I don't hear Billy Don't You Lose My Number anymore, and that bums me out because I love that song. Yeah. That's a jam. What's Phil Collins' second album? Ooh. Isn't it... Uh, no Jacket Required. Is it? I hope. I fucking That's a hope. good one. It's that's the one with his one. face on it. Yeah, that's No Jacket Required. <laughs> that's all I his albums. No <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, a bit of a narcissist. Yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, He's got an artistic vision. Yes. His face. <laughs> Big pie head. More numerology, number 13, baby. Ooh, this one is weird. I also want to take that up back about Phil Collins. What'd you say? You called him a pie head. It's a little bit of a lollipop, and he's got that draft rolling thing going. The wind get blown. He doesn't look good to check on Taylor. Are you serious? This song's an epic at three and a half minutes. You would sing along with this, and then all of a sudden you'd be singing Tattooed Tit. See, they're not showing the lyrics on this song for some reason. I got nothing. They sing about tattooed tits. Yeah. She's just writing it for the for those that verse chorus there. Like when it's all bouncy, it's like a fun song. Yeah, and it gets aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, whether you consciously or subconsciously, you lock into that picking pattern that uh, she puts out throughout this album. You know, more straightforward song, less toms on this thing. That Joey that Santiago that plays all the weird shit, right? Yep. Shout out, Joey. <laughs> yeah, he seems like the most stable of all these people. Right? Yeah, yeah. even in that, that video, the show about the reunion tour, he's just like... He seemed, like a, yeah, he seemed very well adjusted. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's the guy I'm okay with. He does his taxes after a show and stuff. Like, <laughs> with a little visor on and a counting machine. With the green little... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Yeah. 13. We did a little mellow tip. session in the middle, right? Yeah. A little breakdown. Luxury. What? what that, I think what, that's the longest song on the album. What is a ballad? Ooh, boy. That kind of... Like, story. It involved to me something more than that. There has like to be train tracks. I, I feel like there used to be all these records that would rock, and then you would slow it down for a couple songs, and be, and one of them would be a ballad. It, yeah. beca- it became like a tempo thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like we just we settled down. into a little like slow tempo thing in the middle of the album. Yeah, 
maybe it doesn't have as much of a resolve to it. It's kind of mm-hmm. like lingers on for a bit. Yeah. Fable-ish. Yeah, like there's, there's some sort of a gunslinger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A marriage gone wrong. Yeah. And then you got the, in the 80s, 90s, the power ballad. Yeah. Which, is, which meant it's, it's going to really double I mean, down with some distorted the, guitar. That is, that is <laughs> this time. Solo. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I wasn't listening to... The Pixies of this time. I was too busy listening to White Lion and shit. Skid Row. Oh, yeah. Cinderella. Appetite yeah. for Destruction. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I just heard one of the children cry the other night on satellite radio. <laughs> Fucking took me back. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell in like, English is someone's second language. Where are they from? Oh, they were from like uh, somewhere in Europe. Like, <laughs> <What's> it, where, <laughs> where, where, where do Danish people come from? Denmark, like they're like d- somewhere like that. Some maybe Dutch, but they're very Damn. white people. Mm-hmm. Where very white it's people cold. come from? Cold when it, when white the people. winter happens, it's I'm, chilly. I'm always surprised. Like that, obviously, I'm surprised right now. Like I didn't know that they were from Europe. Like they sing songs that oh, sound th- normal. I'm sorry. I think he was. It doesn't matter. I'll say the singer. I think yeah, he but was. Still, yeah, it's, it's very tough to tell. Vito Brada <laughs> was not from fucking Holland. <laughs> but then, but then you get people. You're like the proclaimers. Like, oh, yeah, Scottish. How do you dudes. sing that way? Like, does everyone from Scotland sing like that? Like, In their full accent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why do they have to do that? Yeah, they Some they sound Scottish it. when they're yeah. singing. Yeah. Bowie would sing with his accent. You throw that in there all the time. The Scorpions had it oh. had it uh, peak out oh, yeah. pretty pretty heavy I don't from think time they were to trying. time. They weren't. Try- I mean, I think they were trying. Yeah, it just wasn't succeeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think they were trying to sing real straight down the barrel. Look at me. I, just I couldn't speak stop. one and a half languages. I'm going to shit on the okay, Scorpions. I mean, can you fucking imagine singing in a different language? Frere Jacques is the closest I get. <laughs> and, and you heard how I just pronounced Le, it. Cru- it's a Le Frere Jacques. Frere Jacques fucking, rhymes with Le Cougaraja. Yeah. Pass Sriracha. Bjork. Man, fucking, she's singing oh. in a second language. And she's singing in a third it. language and nobody knows but her. That's the, yeah. she, oh, she's, she's a gibberish. The Hope Atlantic too? Or, yeah. yeah. Them and Sigaros? Yeah, Sigaros just talks some shit, too. Yeah. They're just singing in tongues. Yeah. They're from Iceland? Yep. That's a thing over there. Yep. They don't know how to speak their own language. They're, they're so far beyond or so isolated that they can just make up their own language and they still know what they're talking about. Fuck. You. <laughs> I love the beginning to this. Your drink. Yeah. <laughs> there goes my gun. There goes your man. There goes my gun. This album was supposed to be called Horror. Really? Yeah. But and combined the with the album cover, like a choir. Yeah. Oh, that's come up soon. Combined with the album cover, he thought he would catch too much shit, and he didn't feel like it. So, uh, where did they get Doolittle from? I think that's from the lyrics too. It right? pops up in one of the songs. Yeah. Yeah. This song didn't even crack two minutes. And it has ten words for lyrics: "You who, <laughs> friend, friend or foe, foe, there goes my, my gun." gun. 
It's like some like gunslinger. Well, yeah, listen to the Ennio Morricone guitar right there. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I sort of like the little like, the dun, dun, as the little gunshot. Ah, see? I like when songs end just like. Remember, we're going to bring back. What was this last week we talked about? Like bringing back Cha Cha Cha. Muddy Streets. We're going to bring back Cha 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 at the end of yeah. songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> have you guys checked out Vox has a little YouTube series called Earworm? No. They did a whole. They have little, like, nice 15 minute long things about music. One was about the decline of the fade out in music. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. And they were taught, like, just like how your brain perceives when something is fading out, you pay more attention than yeah, when it yeah. cuts off abruptly. Or they just showed like all these flubs of people who tried to end a song abruptly and fucked it up. And then it, that's how it gets turned into a fade out. Yeah. <laughs> you do. You listen. Oh, that's so funny. I was driving in the car and everything she does is magic. Uh-huh. I was on. The fade out. He's doing the vocal ad libs. You know, it's a big enough umbrella. Yeah, yeah. You're like, listen, because you're turning yeah, up in the thing. Oh, <laughs> why are you walking away when you're yeah, talking to me? That was good stink. shit. You were just walking yeah. away. <laughs> it's a big enough umbrella. What is always mean that ends up being Shit. Yeah. Why are you going to save that for the fade out? Fucker. Hey. Ooh. Hey. This. Should be your intro to the Pixies. Okay. All right. I 
favorite pickup line. Is it me or does it sound a little bit more produced than some of the other songs on this album? Like, it seems really clean. Every instrument's coming through real clean. Yeah, it's, a it's, a different different guitar tone. it's a different guitar tone than what you've heard so far on the Maybe album. that's too. it. Yeah, and this seems like they're going for like a single, just like, here comes your man. And this song, it's like, these are clean, pop, slow, ballady things. Yeah. But this was never a single. No. Yeah, it's got echoes of like "Where Is My Mind." Yeah, you know? yeah. But I think I think it has too many weaving parts to it to to make it as a single. But it's like super accessible. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. This is. And that would be a great first intro into the Pixies. This is everything you can like expect. If you can handle like the little and the weird guitar stuff, you're like, okay, I can, I get these dudes. Yeah, yeah. And that, they're all in the pop format of three yeah. to two and a half minutes. Yep. Yeah, they're pretty strict about it too. Yeah. Which has been a rule. Which also um, allows this album to almost be seamless if you loop it. And it's one of the strongest parts, I think, or strongest oh, yeah, yeah. elements about this album. If you just let it play over and over again... You don't notice the beginning and the end. You don't notice the beginning huh. and the end. That's cool. Mm-hmm. There, I said it. Yeah, you did. Somebody had to. Silver. The weirdest song on the album. This is they're all, They switched a few instruments up on this one. Well, I think and the, he's doing falsetto vocals, yeah. and she's singing a, like an octave down. And I think the drummer and the bass player switch or something like that. It's pretty weird. Yeah. First time you're gonna hear that slide guitar. Yeah. Yeah, a little Ennio Morricone again. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can see it's like high noon right now. Yeah. Fucking casket makers. Who are getting, you? Getting them ready. <laughs> Stringing up the gallows. Song. Like when you write this, you're like, who is this gonna like go out and grab? <laughs> yeah. Right. But they're probably watching some western, and they're like, we need to write a spaghetti western song. Well, I mean, yeah. How does it? go down if, if you're trying to make your second album and you got a producer you obviously have a little bit of money behind you at this point maybe um, and you're like and then there's this one and they're like yeah, yeah let's put that on what is that 12th <laughs> well they I said mean, it's like these are the 15, the 15 songs they had yeah I mean like the first album is a little bit more diverse because there's like two songs in Spanish right and so like this like might be like we have to do a weird one to keep up like I don't know like right. do they think that I don't yeah I, I don't Would know think we're weird if we don't put a weird song on here yeah yeah everyone I mean it's it's like these guys never sold shit compared to all the bands they influenced well Rich, they couldn't have been chasing the I did, don't know have they got I think their motives must have been pure I can't believe they were thinking of who would just run out and buy this it, it does yeah it does feel like the all the cool kids knew the Pixies were good. Um, did they get any real public accolades? 
Did they get ever any kind of best album? Did they? Yeah. Ever, what was their I think biggest they got good reviews? I think the critics song. were the only ones who really gave a shit. Yeah, so I think that's that's one of the reasons I was interested in this album is the first album and the second album are pretty similar. They have like rockers and ballads and there's weird songs and like standard pop songs. But then this album got much more wide distribution. Like it was distributed by Elektra and it was distributed to Europe. Um, and they ended up on a lot of critics like 10 best. Oh, yeah. But there's like, you know, CMJ kind of lists or, or NME. I think I saw the NME had it as like the fourth best album of all time. Yeah. Like they really love that yeah, shit. Yeah, this, over this there. is going up on like people's like best album of 89. In like the college rock alternative, alternative probably wasn't a thing then. Mm-hmm. But whatever that that market segment was, they're like, "This is amazing," and they finally started to notice. So they were getting critical acclaim, but they weren't getting a lot of radio play. Yeah, I I still sort of don't know, like because I didn't even figure them out until two thousand one or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they got to be successful if they ever did. What's uh? What are you said? You were going on a kind of a Pixies jag recently ish. Mm-hmm. What uh? What are you finding it from some of their later albums? Any veins from this one carrying through their later work? Uh, I I think the thing I see in their later stuff is where I I still think a lot of the songs are written by Black Francis, except that I think the more recent ones, the last two albums, like. Uh, what's the third album? Billy Corgan writing his shit too. Probably. <laughs> uh, Billy Corgan writes everybody's shit, yeah. just so you know. Yeah, so they like whatever the one that had like Valoria and Dig for Fire and Alice and that that album, and then the next one, Trompe Le Monde. Mm. Um, it sounds much more like a band playing together instead of someone who wrote a guitar and lyrics, mm-hmm. and you add weird stuff to. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and I, I think it's more powerful where it's. This really awesome band effort on the more recent albums that have carried forward, mm-hmm. and like I think some of those albums like completely paved the way for like what alternative rock in the '90s became. Mm-hmm. He still maintains that sort of vocal. Uh, he still scream. He can still holler. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Still got that holler. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, but like, lose their holler. Yeah, but I feel like. All the instruments are playing together, yeah, and they yeah, yeah. still have that same intensity, which is interesting. I mean, and that could be production, right? Like, you can produce sound to sound really powerful, but like you can have all the instruments together instead of like we're going to drop everything out and then he's going to yell and then the guitar with distortion is going to come in and make it seem really powerful. Yeah, yeah. So, they ever do an album with Butch Vig? I don't know. I know yeah, this me one either, but I think, like I think he owes should. him one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, <laughs> he owes him one freebie. Yeah. I know this one is Steve Albini. This this album? Yeah. No. Yeah. This is Gil Norton. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so then they must have recorded with Steve Albini later in Maybe life. Maybe he did Surfer Rosa. I don't know. Because Gil did like the this one, and then like the, he'd Trompe Le Monde and ah. uh, what was the one between this one and Trompe Le Monde? That one. I can picture it's got a, like a, the Saturn is on the cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, balls. Anyway, but yeah. that, that's him. Yep. So what's the cover art for Doolittle? It's the... Uh, like some weird grid with a monkey on it. A monkey and, with a halo, and it's got five and six, you know, like the song. Yeah, it's like sort yeah, numerology <laughs> Numer- type things. Yeah. 
You, you I were, never knew that that God was seven and the devil was six until he told me that. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I like I like that as as uh, some sort of uh, imagery or tie. Yeah. You know, when everyone's, I mean, it, that's it, everyone's it, afraid of God. Cause seven, it, eight, nine. It sets up a little higher. <laughs> it sets up a hierarchy too, like oh. you know, man's five, and then mm-hmm. God. Where's the devil? Devil six. six. Devil then six. God's a little higher than him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll all take. We'll all burn, we'll all take turns. I, I, I love the lyrics. <laughs> You'll of that get album. your turn. Yeah. yeah, it's funny enough that he's not doing one, two, three, or seven, eight, nine, right, nine, ten. Yeah. You know, the devil five, is thirty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> five, six, and seven. All right, sure. Got to be telling you, cool. That's cool, kids. Come to the ultimate and final song on the album. Oh, is this? Yeah, away. yeah. Let, let's not play it yet. Cause, okay, because you want a little, well, little I mean, preparation. I, I think this one H. might be one of my favorite songs. Period. It's a great song. I feel like I had, I have like, I have a song that I love that I don't have any other song by them, which is the Stone Roses. I want to be adored. I think is like an amazingly great pop song, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is one of those songs where it's like I can listen to this song over and over again, and it's just so well done. It's a sweet closer. Yeah. An album. They don't all have good closers. We found out on Bjork wasn't the headphones the last. Right. Did it do a like fade out? Yeah, like yeah. Get ambient at the end. Uh, lull you to sleep. Yeah. Oh, we're just going through the vowels. You know? <laughs> it's like okay, you could have yeah. just. She's laying on her stomach in a cave in the Caribbean, looking at like hidden tracks and worms. People do these things called hidden tracks, Bjork. That's what this is. Yeah, That's a yeah, hidden track. Yeah, yeah. Like five yeah, this, minutes after, like, silence on that shit comes in, then you're like, oh, what is this? Not like, oh, what this is. Yeah, this is definitely yeah. not a hidden track. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Gouge away. Right into it. You can gouge away. Stay all day. If you want to. seeing this in a live video and this is like his dead-eyed stare singing Ooh, it looks scary and then he starts hollering he <laughs> put off a cycle vibe from the stage for sure yeah If you have some, I want some. Yes, please. What is that? Is that the pick sound that's accompanying the bass attack? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a palm muted. Like yeah. just. I also like how you can just hear him switching notes. He's like palm muting stuff, but it's just like just changing a tiny bit. Yeah, it, it, I mean, the technique of playing is coming through on the album, and there's enough air through it, and not a lot of overdubs, so you can you hear that shit. Right, and they're and not it, doubling it is, guitar parts and making yeah, it yeah. big. It's part of the sound of it, you know. Yeah, he's half these songs. He sounds like he's singing from the back of the vocal booth. Totally. Yeah. Like the the second half of the album, I don't think he got more than a foot near the mic. Yeah, can you get a little closer, Frank? I don't think so! Yeah. I think it's good from here! 
and then just go back and play it again. <laughs> that's, that's, you gotta have a good closer to loop the album. Oh. Yeah. That's a requirement. Now play the baser just, just a little bit oh, right yeah. off. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I just realized the strokes got some mileage out of that move right there. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you put this album on at any house party and just not worry about changing the music you're good yeah. for like three hours so yeah, yeah so, could, someone's gonna like times. every other song yep that's true and some people like most of the songs and half the people are gonna like a third of the songs but they'll all love the party so so this is the question i have it's listening to this <laughs> could a band cover the pixies and do a good job of it I think the finger guns could. Mm, I think yeah. I think Steve Bergstrom. He's got a good point. He's got a good hauler too. He's got a yeah. good hauler, and like that's a requirement, right? Is like you got to be able to pull that off. Yeah, and you got. It feels like you kind of gotta love playing music, but not care all the time how your music sounds. Right. You get, like there's a little bit of um, giving way to artistry and how that yep. perverts what you're trying to express. I want to hear Arthur do those background vocals though. Yeah. <laughs> that's the well that's the hard thing you trying to do like a real faithful tribute it just seems like or, I think if you had enough attitude you could pull it off it just seems like the songs are so them like yeah. if you like if you tried to write out the sheet music to it and play it on piano <laughs> right. it would be like some of the songs would be like wow these are great little melody ditties mm-hmm. but like they wouldn't be powerful songs yeah. no real good point man you ever wonder if Mozart was like that? I mean, you never heard him play. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but with this band, you're right. It's it's the the sum of the parts yeah. that are making the band. Yep. It's not what uh, what you could transcribe the notes as, right. or the pauses, or the dropouts and the come ins. It's it's too, and they do that constantly throughout the album. They're always dropping out. They're always layering something. Yep. I feel like layering was really popular right around this time, but um, not as well executed or artistically as ex- well executed as what the Pixies are doing. Because it's layered, but it's not doubled. Nothing's like doubled on yeah. it. Yeah. Which is, is a move. I've done it and we've done it. And sure. It, it sounds nice. But also, if you know what you're doing, you don't. Have to, you yeah. Can make yeah, it nice. I mean, yeah. You, you're I mean, like, if, if you can holler, if you can holler, you can get away with some hollering. Shit. Hollering is a lost art. <laughs> Nobody calls it hollering anymore, too, <laughs> which is awesome. Because I know we probably cut out the part where we were talking about my grandpa. Nah. Um, no, please do. Nah. Fuck, come on, man. Don't don't make me drop the c word in Tw- conjunction with my grandpa. Twenty dollars podcast. $20. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
absolutely. I got a full time job. I'll give you twenty bucks. Dude. <laughs> um, but he loved to say hollering. I yeah, loved it. Um, I don't know where I was going he with any liked, of that he, shit. He would have liked the Pixies then if he's in hollering. He, he might have. He might have liked the Pixies. Here comes your man. Nah, he he wouldn't have cared too much about it. He was a good musician though. But um, the janky. I think. I think. If you really appreciated music in the, uh, you know, around the 40s, 50s. Not a ton of jankiness. Yeah, no. janky, janky yeah. didn't, you know, and, and that hip janky. That, that um, was later 50s with like Coltrane and shit. That would get I, don't janky. Even, I don't even think the 60s or so Mingus. had it. Um, Mingus. Yeah. <laughs> Jazz guys jumping. were the only ones getting janky. Yeah, for sure. But they're trying real hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So were the Pixies. Don't be fooled. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It sure. takes a lot of work to be that cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think they wouldn't have liked us. Because <laughs> 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 they're cool, but they're also putting in a lot of effort, and that's why you don't see them all that often, because they're working on their shit, but maybe they're not. Maybe it comes easy. Maybe it's really fucking labored. I'm not sure what any of these writing sessions look like i'm not yeah. sure what any of these recording sessions look like it's all extrapolation they are sorry go ahead no no but it, but it seems fairly um <laughs> it doesn't feel labored but it feels intentional yeah yeah but also intentionally loose yeah i yeah. mean like what where, where do you where do you put your finger on it if i'm gonna try to wrap this fucking diatribe up <laughs> um, <laughs> like that, that's what did their practice sessions look like, like when, when they you, first got together? You see a guy with like messy hair, but it's like really contrived messy right. hair. Yeah, but doesn't like he have the gel best bed head? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he just, I just woke up, bro. That's how yeah. it looks. Yeah, I don't know. This band, this band does just have cool. They are cool. There's no doubt. I don't know if any of the individual members are cool. I'm not sure, but the band in general. That's I'm pretty sure Joey Santiago's cool. Has some I would agree cool. with that. <laughs> I think he's cool. He looks like he works at Best Buy. Cool. And I can dig that. <laughs> yeah. Fucking latest in the hi-fi. Yeah. Hook up your, your Bluetooth. He's good like that. All right. That was hilarious. <laughs> While I'm editing. Unlike Jared, this band does not have any clams on this album. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think there's any clams. I have to say the drummer's name one time because we haven't on this whole time. Yeah, David, yeah, David, David Levering. Right. There you go. I said it. His drumming's pretty badass. For certain. Yeah, he's got some real punchy stuff on there that like carries a bunch of songs. He can yes. go from Ringo to, to punk rock like yep. that. He he basically plays the beat of the funky drummer on that one track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Tom Heavy, the drum sounds come out fucking clean through the whole album. Yeah. You, always, you just... Hearing that double ride. Yep. He's just letting that double ride go. Strong move. He's all over the place on this thing, and it all carries right when it needs to. And on some of the best melodic guitar and bass songs, he's just sitting back. Some of the real janky shit, he's throwing that color in there. He's throwing yeah, that toms in there. Lay up man. in the cut like Neo Sporin. He did exactly what he needed to do to make this band. Probably the best, most talented player. It's typically what happens in bands is the drummer's most talented player. Anyway, that was this episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right.
what that was this episode. Chuck, Chuck. thanks for the thanks for the recommendation. No man. problem. I had fun getting back into this album. I know I'd heard it before. Like I said, I was you know mostly the greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. I got a few more hits to throw up in there. Yeah, it's cool contextualizing these guys in the '80s. It's like, oof, it was aggressive. Yeah, that was that was no warrant. That was not. Uh, were the other guys with the, M- the Millie, twins with the hair? Yeah, Millie, Millie Vanilli. Vanilli. But I was thinking about Nelson. But the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, and and thinking about uh, like a prayer. Yeah, that's yeah. that's happening. That's fresh at the moment. I remember watching the video and even back then thinking this is a fucking jam. In comparison, this seems like a fucking galaxy away. Oh yeah, different scene altogether. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, who do you put in the same class as these guys? At that time, or even Pat. Since then, right? You say even Pat. Past then, like, uh, like in like the '90s, the... like who, like who are their contemporaries? Like, well, Nirvana. <laughs> who are their who are their people ripping them off? As well, yeah. But did they yeah. have contemporaries? Like, was there someone doing what they were doing and just didn't get the same recognition? Or you know, there's some like maybe like two Fugazi songs that might work out with this, or yeah. you know, but on the whole, no. I don't think so. That's a, maybe that's uh, actually pretty interesting. Uh, I think Fugazi does have maybe. a little bit. Yeah, somewhere between Fugazi and the Replacements. I can see that. Some of that weird like countryfied guitar and yeah. punk rock. Yeah, nice work, guys. It only happened in the eighties. Nice. Cool. Only happened in the eighties, and it can only happen on this episode. Shit. Well, like you better tune in for the next episode because that's going to be Origin of Symmetry. Nice. Bob Leckie making his second appearance on the show. Producer of that album. Chuck, thanks again. No problem. Let's not wait eight years before you come back. Yeah. We'll do another one. <laughs> yeah. If, you had, if you had another album, who would you pick? Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Yeah! Nice. Smoke weed every day.